0: welcome to another episode of save the track bike i'm your host josh on today's episode i got brian Meggins of fixedgearcrit.com uh yeah we just have a conversation about fixed gear racing and the website and just like what the future of fixed gear racing looks like and all that stuff so yeah we cover a lot of ground so let's just get into it
1: I study and work in Maastricht, which is the, you could say, cycling capital of the Netherlands because it's where the OMSO gold race, one of the spring classics, starts. Yeah. So a lot of pros live in the neighborhood, and it's pretty cool. So we're back again?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what happened.
1: (laughs) No idea either.
0: All right. Um... Okay, so we'll just get into it. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, hello. My name is Brian Magans. Yeah, I started FixedGearCrit.com, which I now do uh, together with uh, my partner, Kuhn. And I also race my uh, fixed gear bike and also this season some uh, crits on the road. So, yeah, that's me.
0: That's awesome. How did you get into cycling?
1: Um, I only got into cycling when, like, to do it myself when I was 18 I always watched Tour de France when I was a kid, but then we started playing football like most people actually do in the Netherlands, got injured, started playing darts on an international level in the youth, then got really fat and decided to quit darts. Um, actually, first started with running and getting into nutrition, so I lost 26 kilos, did kickboxing, and then when I was 18, I just was like, okay, if I ever want to do anything in cycling, then I have to start now, so, um, yeah, I just bought a bike on a website like eBay, and started racing, and the bike was like, what, say, 270 bucks, maybe I replaced some parts, but the bike was cheaper than most people's wheel sets, but it's good enough to start racing, so, yeah, that's how I uh, started, basically.
0: So how did that cycling kind of, uh, transfer into getting into fixed gear?
1: Well, that's a, that's a long story because actually my fixed gear cycling career is basically my second cycling career, if you want to put it like that. Yeah. So I started when I was 18. Within two years, I got a contract on the road. Uh, I was a UCI continental rider in 2011. Then, uh, I got a contract offered in the under-23 continental team of the Rabobank, which was, yeah, I think probably the best under-23 team ever existed. For example, Rowan Dennis was in the team in the year before me, Tom Dumoulin, Kelderman, Mollema, Geysing, Kruisvier, you name them. Almost all Dutch pros were have a history of, in the, of being in the Rabobank team. Maybe not Terpstra and Pools, but for the rest... They've all been in, in the under-23 team. So that was a really big honor. But at the same time, uh, cycling went down the drain with Lance Armstrong confessing. Um,
0: yep. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I had a bad season, got injured, uh, overtrained, crashed. And then the Rabobank team decided to quit. So, I was like, you know, I was 23, didn't really look good in uh, the future of cycling. So, I decided to just quit and started university. That's how. Why? That's uh, when I moved to Maastricht to start studying and doing my bachelor's. You know, like every uh, every hipster student, you go to a coffee place to study yep. and enjoy <laughs> and enjoy good and enjoy good coffee. So they had like fixed gear bikes, and I had no clue, never heard really of them. Um, and I found it really cool, interesting built a fixed gear bike, started riding it in the hills and stuff. And loved it, and that's how I started racing.
0: Um, what is it about fixed gear bikes that attracted you to it?
1: It's 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 such a cliche, cliche, but it's 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 true. It's the simplicity. It's you're one. You're you're really one with the bike. Like I like I said in my road years, all they cared about that the Rabobank team was putting uh, as many watts per kilo, and at some point I was put, putting six point sixty three watts per kilo, which was top 15 ever measured at that time with the pros but cycling is not all about watts per kilo um, maybe team Sky is trying to do it that way but it's so much more it's about bike handling it's it's technique it's about riding in the peloton etc etc um, so it was it was actually a big challenge because I was never a great bike handler because I, I only started when I was 18 and no one ever really told me to you know train it or to do other cycling disciplines to become better at it. So that's when I found out about the fixed-gear bikes um, after after basically been away from the bike for four years, barely did any case. And then, yeah, the simplicity, also riding in the hills, I love it because you you just have no, you know, you can't just gear down. You just have to give everything to make it to the top of the hill. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I feel the same way. I love, I love riding because I live in Colorado in the U.S. and we have lots of mountains and stuff, so... I love riding my road bike there, but I also love riding fixed gear bikes up mountains. It's so much fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, seriously, like it's 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 not a lot. Like more and more uh, fixed gear crit racers are getting to, into road bikes and training on road bikes. And actually, um, I also have been training a lot on my road bike because it has a power meter. And road doesn't yet have a power meter available on the track, but it's going to come soon, luckily, and then. Because if it's up to me, I would never, literally, never ride my road bike anymore. Um, it's just that I have to in, in races and now to see the watts, etc. But riding fix is is the ex- experience of riding fix. You can't even compare it with road with a road bike. It's it's so different.
0: I agree completely. It's just like there's just something about it. It and and it's always like that. Also, cliche of it just being like kind of ephemeral you know it's like there's nothing else that really feels quite like it and it is kind of like that connection a little bit which i think you know again it's a cliche but i really do think that it's there and and i feel it <laughs> oh and you have
1: more control over your bike like yeah it's, it's you can just put so much more pressure on your rear wheel and in in road on a road bike it's just there's nothing you can only brake and you just let it go, and that's it. But on a road bike, you can just put pressure on your rear wheel when cornering, et cetera. It's, uh, and people don't believe it. Like even I was at Six Day Rotterdam, and I saw all the, tra- the track bikes. They don't even have a lock ring because it's lighter, but even the track cyclists from, from the Six Days, they have no idea about back backpedaling. Like just, you know, it doesn't exist to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, but...
0: That, that is kind of funny. I never even really thought about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just to them, you know, to them it's a fixed gear and it means the, yeah, the pedals just... always move forward. And, yeah. But they never actually think about, you know, like... I mean, obviously on a, on a Velodrome, you don't need to do it that often, but it doesn't even come up that we actually have to, you know, like put a lot of pressure pedaling while well, trying to pedal backwards, meaning slowing down. Um, so, yeah.
0: It was funny because kind of related to this I was training yesterday and I was talking to James Grady about this a little bit yesterday when I was talking to him but I was training and I randomly in my head like I just randomly thought like fixed gear bikes are made for crits (laughs) and I think that we're only realizing that now
1: (laughs) no yeah it's
0: it just yeah. makes so much sense when you really think about it. Because like, I was reading that I've been reading that Phil Gaiman book and he was talking about being in crits and people break-checking each other and stuff. And I was like break-checking? That's so lame. Like, <laughs> and, and then I, no. was, yeah, I was just like fixed gear, you know, it's like you're just going forward, you're controlling it with your feet, you're backpedaling to slow down, you're, you know it's just all there. Yeah,
1: your lines must be fluent and, you know, it's Like yesterday, I was riding the opening classic in the Netherlands, and I was in the in a pack of almost two hundred riders, and I was just thinking, like, you know, on really narrow roads, and I was like, just really give me fixed gear crits where, you know, it's about having technique and bike handling skills instead of just being a warrior and fight your way up in the peloton. I mean, of course, you have to fight in the fixed gear uh, in fixed gear crits, like. But it's a different kind of fighting, I, I, I think. Like in a peloton with 200, especially in Dutch echelon races, it's not about how good you are and or how strong you are. It's just about if you're in the top 30 and if you're either strong enough to stay in the top 30 or just, you know, you have a big mouth and you push people aside, then you're set. It's not about, bite. yeah, it's, it's a different type of thing. I'm, I'm more in love with the fixed gear. Uh, Crits now, and I don't know. I I love the skill that you need for it. So,
0: yeah, I feel you there. Um, so how did fixgearcrit.com dot com come about?
1: Um, yeah, interesting story. Uh, so I entered the scene. What is now uh, two thousand? Yeah, in I think in May two thousand. 16 that's when I did my first race and I was only back three weeks on the bike <laughs> so after four years of not riding and being uh, almost 20 kilos heavier because of uh, daily gym workouts and stuff and uh, yeah obviously I raced red hooks and got in touch with David and yeah we talked quite a bit because I used to yeah because he wanted to know the experience of former uh, road racers and stuff and But I really felt that there was something missing in the scene, because I saw the potential and I really think it needs to be a, a separate discipline in cycling, because it's a sport on its own. But there was nothing that brought the scene together. I mean, retro crit is is far above any other fixed gear crit, and I would even say any other bike race in the world, probably, maybe except for the three big tours. Um, but if you see with which budget Red Hook works and the and two the, the fronts or something work, you can't even compare. But there was nothing that brought the scene together to actually try to, you know, like promote the sport for people from within the scene, like to connect them, and from people outside the scene. Because for me, like everything was was just in that Facebook bubble. You know, like uh, if you were in the bubble, you got like most of the news. But for people, especially when I just entered, I had no idea what the world was or how, you know, that there were races all over the world. So I thought the biggest contribution I can do to the sport is not win races. Of course, you want to win races, but it's more to set something up which brings the community together and try to help and, you know, promote the sport.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly why this podcast exists too.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, like... It's nice if I if if, if if I train my, my balls off and give everything and do a top five in Retu or whatever and that would be a fucking amazing exp- sorry for the word. No, that, you're would fine. Be, uh, <laughs> that would be an amazing exp- you know, experience for me, but only for me. And people will forget about it within two Retux. And with this, I can actually, you know, make myself more valuable for the whole community. So, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I also have to mention that obviously Red was like really accommodating and they became our first partner. And because of them, we actually could start the whole project. So that's like, yeah, uh, yeah, they're of massive support. I mean, without Red probably the whole sport wouldn't exist. So,
0: yeah, I mean, they've done so much for... I mean, for a while, they basically were the sport. So it's only now seems to be growing a little bit beyond it as well, which is really exciting. And that's why I'm so glad that like some people like to kind of criticize Red Hook, I guess, for how big it's getting, you know, because that's just what happens when things grow and people criticize it and stuff like that. But when that happens... And you have a, a race that is on such a big scale that it's attracting all these road riders and all this stuff, and you're getting these big sponsors. Then that just makes an opportunity to have more races. Oh
1: yeah, but that's that's the whole thing, you know. Like, yeah. like the uh, ratuk is is at the moment is still the sport, and I hope you know it slowly develops into ratuk being like the World Series, or we would call it in Europe the Champions League of our sport. Where the best of the best come together to compete, and then under that, I hope you can see national and local series popping up. But um, yeah, people criticizing Reduk, it's it's people like to bitch about everything, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe if you're if you're if people are not bitching about you or uh, yeah, you're not doing a, a thing right because same goes for Fixie Grid. A lot of people criticize it, but yeah, it is what it is. I'll try to you know I do my best. Uh, <laughs> to to make a good website the same as David doesn't have an amazing job and deserves nothing but respect for uh, yeah getting a race within ten years from being in an unsanctioned race in the streets of retuk to uh, a global series
0: yeah it's amazing it's and it's really cool to see the kind of you know that ESPN documentary that it sprouted and like the um, all of the kind of cycling news websites and stuff are starting to kind of pay attention a little bit more now that more people are coming over. Um, which is kind of the reason again, why I started this podcast is because I heard an interview with, uh, um, I'm forgetting who it was now. It was somebody from specialized rocket espresso is one of the guys. And he was on, uh, a podcast that I listened to. Mm. And I just remember being like, I want to know more about all these people.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, that's 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 the whole thing. Why uh, uh, Kun and I uh, run Fix Gear Crit as well is to just have, you know, like in order to make it a sport, people need to know the characters. Exactly. That's uh, so you need to tell the stories because you know, and 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 it makes them also more human. You know, they're not just machines stepping on a on a bike, but they're people having most of them having jobs and just uh try to raise their bike. Like for example, Ash Duban works her ass off as a designer forty hours a week and then tries to ride her bike next to it. Uh same goes for uh Raphael Lemieux. She's also she's an optician, I believe, you know. So that's that's uh yeah. That's uh, I think it's important and it's really good that you also started a podcast because like I we can't do it alone as FixerCrit. Crit. Ratu can't do it alone. No one can do it. You know, it's it can only work when the whole community and, and, and I only appreciate it when more voices of the community are in because we try as FixerCrit to have as many people have a voice on our forum. That's why of on our website. That's why we're starting a forum. That's where I was getting into. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, and yeah. also
1: we have a yeah, and also we have a lot of guest contributions. Um so yeah, we just the more voices we can uh, Represent the better, of course. If they're uh, if if they if they have an interesting, you know, you can't just publish everything. But so yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think that you guys are doing a great job too, because I remember when I was first kind of getting interested, because I've been riding fixed gear bikes for a long time, and I was never interested in like any kind of racing or anything until like two years ago. Or maybe it was like right when you guys started your website. I don't even know, but I was just looking for because I found out about Red Hook, and I was like, "What's going on with more races? Like, where do I find these?" And then when I found your website, it was such a great resource, like with the calendar and everything, just to find these like little races and stuff. And yeah, it was yeah, yeah, super that, that's helpful.
1: what Kun, yeah, that's what Kun Kunl is doing a great job with uh, putting the calendar up and also the database with results because. You know, we were also like, everyone's putting so much effort in getting a result in a race and then they seem to be forgotten because no one had, you know, no one kept track. I'm, 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 I'm really pretty neutral at the moment for if the sport should be sanctioned or not. Um, what I do hope is that more series pop up like Red Hook that actually do not only organize a crit, but organize an event if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. um, Because organizing a crit is really cool, but trying to get people to watch the race and, you know, like create entertainment. That's that's the only way our sport can have future. Any sport can have future, in my opinion, because without spectators, without people going to the races, without publicity, there will be no money in the sport. And we live in a capitalist world and we're not going to change that overnight. So we should also accept that and try to make the best out of it in order to, you know, have future for our sport.
0: Absolutely, and I think that uh, the more we can show that, and it's such a spectator friendly. So I did want to kind of get into that. Like, uh, fixed gear crit racing is growing so much, it seems, and Red Hook specifically. Like, what do you think it is about it that is attracting so many people?
1: It's new. It's fast. Like, if you see the crits in in Europe, especially in the Netherlands, I think honestly Dutch crits come. Uh, road crits, road cycling crits from the closest to fixed gear crits, um, format-wise, they're 80k, so they're a lot longer, but they're also like 2-3k to 3K laps or even less, but there's no one watching them, there's no entertainment, and with Red took it's you know, like, you want to see the race, because it's so much more than a race, you know, it's the whole vibe, it's the whole community coming together, and then it's awesome bike racing with you know like people immediately know and realize that those everyone in racing a retrocrit final is a is a top athlete because you need to have such good bike skills and also endurance and and be explosive you know it's people know that when you say they these bikes don't have brakes they're fixed gears people probably don't even dare to ride them you know on the streets just for a hundred meters because they have no clue what to do
0: yeah I think it's and it's just so much like I went and watched the Colorado Classic uh, this year. And, you know, you get, like, a glimpse of people as they pass by. But being in that atmosphere of being at a crit when everybody is, like, huddled together and you get to watch the whole race and you get to experience, like, you know, somebody attacking or somebody, like, slipping out in a corner or whatever. Not that you want to see crashes, but, you know, just, like, you never know what's going to happen. And you can have something like the guy being at the top of the series, like for example, last year with Colin Strickland, you know, getting crashed out. And then all of a sudden you have this opportunity for somebody maybe completely different. That is like all of a sudden at the top of the, you know, ladder, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's 45 minutes of, 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 of craziness of absolute madness, but on top of that, every rider, at least the ones I know, are super approachable. I mean, you can just, with RetroCrit Brooklyn coming up, uh, if anyone's there, just, you know, approach people. Because they're not, you know, they're not, there may be superstars in the sports, but uh, but there's, you know, normal human beings and act accordingly. I mean, I, I talked with Yvonne Cortina, who won um, RetroCrit Milan, and is a World to rider, and in my opinion probably one of the biggest talents for the spring classics in the next years. And people bitched a bit bit about a pro coming in and winning, but it was not just a pro coming in. Like Ivan didn't just come in and win, but he became part of the community. I mean, he's, he, he accepted the values or he, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like he lived the lifestyle. He still lives the lifestyle. And yes, he happens to be a, a fucking talented writer, and probably kicks all of her asses, but I honestly don't understand why people would mind that because they not just come in for the money. They just come in because they think our sport is awesome, and we should be proud of that instead of bitching on pros coming in and now I'm getting my ass kicked. Well, you know, shit happens. Come back stronger next time. Like I got my ass kicked in Milan, but. That's not I'm not bitching on Ivan on for that Ivan did a fucking great job and I just wasn't good enough to that day end of story
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's like that's how sport works, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just always a bit sad when people like I understand when five years ago people who were at the Well, most people who are at the top now not many can compete now at the top But you should see that as an achievement for the sport and, Absolutely uh, yeah, and and of course you have, uh, Jesus, no, I can't even, uh, what's Evan's, Evan, Evan Murphy, like he's, he was at the top a couple of years ago and he's still at the top because he's just an awesome bike rider and he has crazy bike handling skills and, and he's explosive as hell and he always tries to make the race, you know, so it's still possible, but it's just a bit sad when people, you know, bitch on development in the sport, so yeah, that's, no, I feel you. Yeah,
0: I agree with you 100%. And that's such, like, a fine line to walk as far as, like, uh, coverage and stuff goes. But it's also, like, it's about sport. growing the sport and it's about, like, the more... You know, to... I mean, just, like, making it to more me, visible.
1: To... <laughs> to me, To me, it's really easy. Like, if people... Uh, join the sport because they love it, because they want to experience it and they want to be part of it, everyone's welcome. I don't care how good you are or how, how, if it's the first time you've ever been on a bike. Yeah. You know, that's that's my criteria. It's just, do you love this? Do you, are you attracted to the sport because you think it's cool and the, and the community is cool and their values and you want to, you know, join that? Then everyone's welcome. So that's why I think it's so weird that For some, the criteria is everyone's welcome as long as you're not better than I am, which is, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's, I just don't understand that, but yeah. No,
0: I feel you, and and you're so right, too, because I I had that conversation with Angus Morton, and just, like, what a down-to-earth dude who just, like, is such a good cyclist, and he's just attracted to the sport because he was, like, I never really 100% felt like he completely fit in the road bike world essentially. And he was like, I'm kind of just looking for my people and this seems like my people.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I fully I fully understand. I mean, when I was in the pro team, people, a lot of <laughs> people in the scene just fought like their whole psych- every the whole world revolved around cycling. Like I remember the national coach of the under 23, like I got selected once or twice to represent the Dutch under 23 squad. And I I saw him two years after I stopped cycling. And then, you know, we just had a quick chat, like, hey, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then I just, you know, he asked me, how are you, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm studying, uh, doing my bachelor at university. And he literally told me, we also need those people. Like, you know, like the whole world revolved around cycling. And then we also need, like, five other people who do other stuff. It's just, yeah, it's uh, the pro pro road cycling world is... uh, it's, it's opening up actually and I also think the fixed gear community has an influence on it like the new generation almost everyone knows about fixed gear crits and about retuk and more, the majority thinks we're still insane um, <laughs> but I see the mentality changing a bit I mean if you look at Lawrence Sandam, he's from the old generation but he has that new generation mindset he's just like you know we also need to enjoy our lives and and, and you know enjoy what we do and not only live like a monk and, you know, like, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think it's funny that there's so much criticism of like fixed gear crits being like super dangerous or whatever. When I, I don't know, I come from a history of skateboarding and racing BMX and, uh <laughs> you know what I mean? And in Colorado, so many people like hook themselves down mountains on mountain bikes. And I'm like, why, is there such a focus on fixed gear crits being more dangerous than all this other crazy stuff people are doing?
1: <laughs> oh Jesus! Yesterday I was in the peloton with two hundred other riders, and I saw three crashes only in the neutral zone. Yeah. yeah, and then the race still had to start, and I just I just told some guys like on 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 easy moments that if anyone ever tells me that a fixed gear crit is dangerous, I'm gonna make them ride this race for ten k, and then they should make up their minds. I mean, honestly. Road cycling is dangerous. If you go with 200 people yeah, over narrow roads, and you don't know, especially in the Netherlands, the roads are quite narrow, and you just go left, right, and just all... Like, you don't even know the course. That's an extreme sport. Like, once we had a training of Carlos Sais, I believe. He's a former downhill world champion. And he gave, a, he gave us a lesson in, in downhill just an hour, which is ridiculous, because you can't just learn everything in an hour. But he told us literally that uh downhill downhill is not an extreme sport road cycling is like he said we reckon the course several times multiple times every corner before we even do one ride we have a lot of protection and you guys just go with 180 people over road <laughs> you've never been to downhill with only a small helmet on you know
0: yeah right and like lycra and that's it <laughs> yeah exactly and then you see like richie port or somebody like sliding on his ass across a descent and <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's scary too. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Jesus. It's, and, and also like, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to proclaim that fixed gear grid is going to take over cycling. Cause I always, I think, especially for the next decades, road cycling will be bigger, but I do think a lot of road cyclists can learn a lot, especially bike handling skills from riding fixed gear, riding a fixed gear bike every now and then, even if it's just for training. Well, interesting difference that I noticed as a road racer, I saw uh, corners as an obstacle. And as a fixed gear crit racer, you see corners as a way to try to maintain your speed or even gain speed. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole different approach. So in road cycling, you just sprint up to five meters before the corner and then you just pull the brakes full full. And then everyone just stops behind you. And if you're in 20th position, you can't even, you can't even corner. You just basically, you can basically just step off the bike and just, you know, turn it around and step on again because there's no fluent line. Well, in fixed gear crits, you know, you need to have a fluent line. And yes, if you're in 40th position, your line will not be as fluent as if you're in first, but it's still a lot more doable than in the road races because you need to maintain as much speed as you can in corners.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, where do you see uh, kind of the future of the sport going?
1: It's, it's, it's. I'm sad to say, but it's super fragile at the moment. It's uh, that's a shame because everything. The sport still, you know, it's retrocrit is still central to the sport, which is a good thing because we should be proud that such an awesome event, um, you know, it is in our sport. But it's also fragile because if Ratuk, uh doesn't have the financial capacity to, you know, like if, if, if Rockstar, for example, decides not to give so much money to Ratouk Crit, then everyone's effed if there's no new sponsor. So I really think more and more national series should pop up. Like we have one in the Netherlands, NL Crit Series. Um, there's, there's some, quite some races in France too, in Italy, of course, there's a, in, yeah, it, Italy has the highest level, I think of fix your crit racing, but I, I really think that's key. You know, you can only make a sport survive when people can do it locally. So even how shabby the events are, um, even if it's on an abandoned parking somewhere, you know, it's good to just, it needs to be accessible. That's the that's the way forward. I have small local races and then a couple really uh big series or big races where a lot of people watch. As the that's how I see that's the only way forward in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. And I see it happening in the US, especially there's I think this summer is going to end up being like a lot more like kind of DIY fixed gear crits that at least a lot more than i'm hearing about than there were even last summer. So i'm excited to see where it goes. I think it could be a really interesting season. Yeah, we
1: we really need those grassroots roots events because without grassroots events and you know, you just can't depend on one awesome organization getting their shit together, but there needs to be, you know, like i really hope that the, the in Germany they have the German fixed cup, i think for the second year. Last year it was, uh, I think, quite messy, and I think for this year they have a lot more, a lot more structure already. So that's already good. Then you would already have one, in the, at least in Europe, in Italy, one in the Netherlands, one in Germany. I think there's a pretty big crit coming up in Brussels. So Belgium, I mean, that's that's a funny thing because Belgium is by far the biggest cycling country in the world for pro road cycling. But because there's, they have such a traditional mindset, they're also the hardest. Uh, for the fixed gear crit uh, community to gain popularity.
0: Yeah, I can see how that would be the case. Um, and then there's also, I just, I mean, it seems like mission crit is going to be pretty big this year. Like a lot of the top teams are going. It seems.
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't really. I, I still need to uh, speak with uh, what's the name of James? James. James. Yeah. 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 I still need to talk to him because the, because the thing is also, you know, like some people, like we got asked quite often the question, oh, is it what, this what you guys do full time? But um, besides running the website, I still need to graduate my master's this year. I'm a freelance photographer and I'm also trying to train every day. So I have like a 60 hour to 70 hours uh, obligation every week. Um, so we try to make time, f- you know, for Fix Your Crit as much as we can but you know we can't do everything because in my ideal world i would have already contacted all those people but right um yeah i just hope i think mission crit is gonna open their registrations on march nine, and around that time i'll probably give them a call and see uh, what the plans are
0: yeah but absolutely it's look, it's it seems it seems rad because i know that pretty much all of specialized is going uh I know that state bicycle team is all going, so I don't know. It looks like it's going to be pretty sweet because I talked to him yesterday, and it's ah,
1: that's good. Yeah, state state has a team again. Yeah, they contacted us if we could help them in getting uh, people to apply, so that was pretty cool. So yeah, also those companies who obviously have a big, you know, their roots are fixed gear uh, bikes. It's good that they also uh, step in and hopefully. In the end, you need companies from uh, outside cycling because even in the pro world, like the money doesn't come from within cycling. Yeah. The money comes from businesses outside cycling.
0: Yep. It comes from EF, education first, strap back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was quite a, an interesting uh, <laughs> an interesting uh, change of scenario there. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they lost, they lost some good riders because... Uh, yeah. My former teammate Dylan Van Baal, he actually renewed his contract, and then uh, because the future of the team became insecure, he uh, signed with Team Sky now, and he got fourth in Tour of Flanders last year. So uh, yeah, they lost uh, a big gun, I would say. I like their kids though; the kids are pretty cool. The pink. <laughs> yeah, it's. I. I mean.
0: I like it. Know, it's
1: yeah, It's not ideal. But for the for what other and most uh, pro road cycling teams have, yeah, by far the coolest.
0: For sure, yeah, I agree. I think the yeah, as far as the pro tour teams go, absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, Team Sky is also pretty cool. They always have their shit together, but it became a bit boring, you know, year after year, very similar style.
0: Yeah, I love seeing like all the kits on the on the fixed gear world whenever they come out
1: yeah especially that's, like that's,
0: specialized always has such rad looking stuff and like stink. yeah apparently, go apparently
1: they're gonna do some art uh i think they're gonna go i'm not quite sure so uh but i heard rumors that they're gonna go back to more art style like they did in uh when they entered the scene in 2006 16, right yeah when they had like different bikes different kits every red hook so that would be cool
0: Oh, that's really awesome. Um, So I want to hear a little bit about whatever you can say about the bikes that you guys are working on for the Fixed Gear Crit team.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I contact like Drew. I got in touch with Drew. He's he's the guy behind Spin on These. And um, yeah, it's just so funny. Like this guy knows all of his shit about wheels and he thinks about it like it's. It's so interesting because I was talking with, uh, I'm also sponsored by Vitoria, the the tire brand. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the guy who's also in touch with all the pros and the pro teams for supplying it. And he was saying that one of one pro who was, who did top fives in the uh, Grand tours in the GC doesn't know shit about his tires, not even about the width, about uh, the bar, the pressure, you know, like they, they don't completely don't think about it. And, it's so funny because back in the days, I was 65 kilos riding a 21-millimeter tube with, I don't know, like 11 bars in it. So every time we hit Flemish roads and cobblestones, there was just nowhere. And <laughs> it's really cool that actually fixed-gear crit racing is is ahead of road racing, I would say. And Drew is, in my opinion, one of the pioneers. Um, only makes clincher tires, clincher wheels, I mean. Um, but really, really wide... Uh, Rims, so you can mount 23 millimeters tires on it, and it and they're still 25.4. I actually measured it. So Drew told me like I had a lot of conversations with him, and he you know like I basically told him Drew, you're the expert. I want to ride with what you think is the best material for me, and yeah, that's how we're building a titanium uh, fixed gear and road frame, and I want the road frame to be as similar as possible to the fixed, so you know so I can. uh, when I do road crits, I have the same feeling, sort of. Obviously, not being a fixed gear, unfortunately. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. Like he uh, he advises basically because of its really wide uh, rim profile to just have 20 millimeter tires. And like I said, if you pump them up and you measure them, they're 25. point Something, which is perfect. So yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I can't wait for the wheels to get in. I'm gonna have pretty high rims as well for. Uh, to be more aerodynamic, and yeah, the cool thing they're gonna be uh, like with parts from Rotor, Rotor cranks. Rotor's also uh, probably gonna provide me with a power meter crank, so that's I would love uh, to see the <laughs> the the watts in Retu Crit, and then Brooks for the saddle and the bar tape. Yeah. And then Victoria tire. So it's going to be a really red bike. And of course, spin on these, uh, wheels. And then the brand that, cause drew us through brand spin on these for the wheels and speed metal for the titanium uh, bikes. So yeah, we got a custom, we got a, the fork is already done um, custom paint job with the FGC logo on it and uh, the speed metal logo. So I hope to get it within the next two weeks and then, uh, yeah, I'll definitely do a photo shoot and, uh, drop some, uh, some photos online and also explanation behind it because it's not only a cool-looking bike, but there's actually also you know, Russian rationale behind it. There's a reason why I ride certain with tires and rims and high rims, etc. So yeah, can't wait to present it.
0: Nice, that's awesome. I have a new frame on the way, so I'm very excited. But it's not titanium.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I have a special relationship with titanium because it's actually the first. Like the amateur team I joined, they provided us with carbon fiber bikes. And back then they had an integrated seat post. I don't know if you know that time, like that's 2009. Yeah. They were All the frames were integrated seat posts. And then I was riding my bike, just training casually, piano. Uh, and then the seat post just broke. So I had to go home 40K standing because the carbon fiber uh, fibers were just pointing really sharp. Uh, with a seat post in my hand and just standing home. And then I just called the company, the manufacturer, like I'm not going to ride your shitty carbon fiber. And I saw that they had a titanium. So just uh, I can do, I can live with the titanium. So I raced the rest of the season with that. And yeah, I always have a, have a special relationship with it. And the cool thing is that Drew is one of the few that actually can make a titanium, not, not only super comfortable, but also really stiff and snappy. So yeah. Something different.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. My bike that's on the way is steel. Well, it's a bomb track. I'm buying Evelyn's old bomb track <laughs> needle. Frame. That's one...
1: Yeah, I, I did. It. I I had the needle frame for the last year and a half. So
0: uh, Yeah, I'm excited because yourself... I have a, yeah. I have a bomb track road bike that's steel and I really love it. So I'm like excited to have a bike that's similar geometry and same material. <laughs> Yeah, no, yes, yeah.
1: steel is like it's a very reliable material. Uh, my honest opinion is that if the sport moves forward, I also believe carbon fiber will be more and more important because at the moment it doesn't make sense for manufacturers to make a whole different carbon fiber mold. And I have no uh mold for a carbon fiber bike, i mean, for a frame, mm-hmm. but. I have no idea about the track bikes that are now being used. For example, Colin's Pinarello, which is a super stiff track bike. Never really... uh, I have no experience on it. Maybe it's good, but I don't know. I I believe uh, a fixed-gear bike needs... Fixed-gear crit bike needs different uh, qualities than a Velodrome track bike.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. That's kind of what I like about the needle is it has like... The geometry for me, because I'm kind of a bigger guy with short legs, and the geometry just feels so good when I'm on that bike. So I'm excited. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's a special crit geometry. Like I know the of Witt designed it, and uh, he has a lot of knowledge for uh, geometries. Like he he was part of the team that built the ten years ago. There was a big project in the Netherlands uh, to build a new Koga for Theo Boss. Who just got third today in the one K uh 1K track world championships. Um and he was part of the team, so he has a lot of
0: knowledge and
1: uh yeah, it's uh it's not a bad it's not a bad frame. You got yourself a, a good one, I think.
0: Sweet. I'm excited. So what what are your favorite or what's your favorite red hook race?
1: Last year uh I really loved London because I didn't know, but uh <laughs> Apparently, I was pretty. Uh, I'm a pretty solid rain rider. Uh, unfortunately, I got punctured in the final. No. But yeah, yeah, that that sucked. Like in the heat, um, yeah, I won my heat with a pretty big gap. by just riding my, you know, corners and riding on the speed I was comfortable with, and then. Uh, I was in front, I was leading one lap actually in the main race and then I got punctured. Like there was a big uh, safety pin from someone's number. It was in my tube when I left the race. Like I even have a photo of it from after the race, that sucked. But Brooklyn is special. I mean, Brooklyn is where it all began. And the really cool thing about Brooklyn for Crit is because we're such close partners with RATUK, uh, we also often uh, just in the week before, uh, work in the uh, RATUK CRIT office. So we can really see how such a big event, you know, the whole organization behind it because um, yes, it's David Trimble's work, but it's, there's so many other people that, you know, work so hard. It's such a, and, and the funny thing is for, for the event, for how big it is, there's not that many people actually working on it. Like that's the, that's the crazy, like they're so efficient, I think with the small budget they have.
0: So who should we be watching for this year? I mean, besides yourself, obviously.
1: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no shit! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see. I'm just, I just hope to keep the, all the the top riders in eyesight. You know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, the, for myself, I'm. I really think the level got so high that yes, I can maybe be in sub top on a on a on a good day, and and you never know because yeah, I know I can ride a bike, but. With, for example, a guy like Vigano, who's still, who's basically a, a pro still, um, it, it will be very hard. So I honestly think Vigano will have a really big shot at, at keeping, uh, at, at staying champion and probably also uh, getting, finally for him, getting his uh, first retro crit individual uh, race win. Although Colin, Colin's also really eager, but, and a specialized team. I mean, Eamon is now racing here for a Dutch pro team, so I think he's also, he lost some weight. I'm not sure if it actually is going to help him in the crits, because you know, like, he really wants to try to get pro on the road, and yeah, he wants to get pro in which discipline I think, but at the moment you can only be pro on the road, Um, so he's focusing on that, and I don't know if those 200k races, if he's going to benefit a lot from it, although he will have a really high level, so Eamon, definitely. Alec Briggs, what he did in London last year was absolutely insane. But also don't forget, you know, all the Italians like Poccianti. He's the Italian champion. He, I don't think he got podium this year. But um, I, he will get his podium spot for sure. Then we have uh, the first, well, the second, not the first. Of course, the first Dutch retro crit winner was, uh, was fixed gear legend Stefan Vis. But this year, finally, he somewhat, another Dutch guy won, David van Eert. He's, a, like, he's one of the smartest crit racers in the Netherlands. And if you're one of the not only smartest, but also best crit uh, uh, road crit racers in the Netherlands, and if you're one of the best in the Netherlands, then obviously you're world class. And he's just so good at bike handling. He's so good at reading the race. He knows exactly which wheel he needs to take. And he knows exactly what he can and what he can't do. So I wouldn't be surprised if David again is going to surprise the whole field because for many it was a surprise. Well, honestly, I didn't expect him to win a Red crit last year, but I did expect him to be on the podium because like, I raced against him every, almost every NL Crit Series race. And he just he's a guy who knows how to use his capabilities 100%. He might not be the most talented rider in the field, but he's he's using every talent that he has. He's using it optimally. Um, yeah. For the rest, who else am I? Because uh, I didn't really prepare for this question. Who else do I think is going to be really good? Let me. Uh, yeah, the Italians are always good. And then there's some uh, there's some obviously some new guys coming in. I'm also really curious to see how Angus is actually doing uh, for Specialized. Yeah, and then the Boehmer team, of course, they're uh, Fortin. Yeah, he's, a, he's still a pro for the Austrian team. So, obviously, we'll be up there. And then, yeah, Timon Seubert, uh, actually also the German guy. I don't know how he is preparing, but he's extremely strong. Like, there was last year one time in the Waterkant kit, we were in a breakaway with, I was in a breakaway with him, David van Eert, who in the end won the race. But Timon did like I tried to do an attack, but I was wasn't really feeling super good that day. And then Timon counterattacked, and I just had to give everything to just not be dropped from the group. This guy, he rode on a pro tour level, did all the spring classics. So this guy has like a lot of a lot of power, and also still waiting for uh, for Santos to uh, David San- David Santos for his first win because he's really strong. But he just needs to have a bit more luck. He uh, he was, I think, last year one of the most unlucky riders. So yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of there's at least. I mean, I can just continue, but there's at least twenty riders that can all win a retro crit, and that's why I think our fixed crit racing is a sport because there, you know, it's the top is so. There's so many good riders, top level riders. So yeah,
0: I'm interested to see too. Uh... I'm releasing Addison, uh, his episode tomorrow. And he talked a lot about state's women's team this year is going to be really strong. I think.
1: uh oh, I have no clue who's in it. Actually. Yeah. They yes. haven't, I As don't even cyber, think they've actually but... like, no, they promised me to send me all the info cause I wasn't in touching, uh, you know, with the application part. And obviously I hope that also through fix your credit. .com, as I may say, uh, they got some good uh, good applications. But that's really cool because I know there's, like, I think this year is going to be the first year in RetroCrit that there's actually going to be four to five really good women teams. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's another thing I'm really proud of on the sport that we try, the sport tries to do everything to be all-inclusive and also to have, you know, like women having their own race, having, you know, like also like getting their sport developed, which actually is funny because in road cycling, they only started a little bit caring, caring a little bit about uh, women's cycling since three years.
0: So what are your goals with a uh, fixedgearcrit.com? What are your plans for the future? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Well, like I said, this year we're like, we obviously we're going to try to, you know, make it grow. We're going to have a forum section. We're going to have a whole new website, um we're going to talk with WingStore because WingStore is also a really important partner like the guys from the super cool chinelli caps and stuff so uh we're going to talk with them to see if we can renew or not because you know like we have a lot of costs as well in 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 keeping the website up in in you know traveling and contacting uh people in writing and I don't need to make money uh, from fixercredit.com because maybe some people think that uh, I'm close to becoming a millionaire, which is obviously <laughs> not the case because it's a, it's a very super low-budget initiative. Um, but, you know, we need to also keep our servers up because, I, I mean, I generally think in the last year it actually costed me quite some money. But in the long term, you know, it's worth it if, the, if it can help the sport grow. And we're actually also looking into uh, Kun and I, um, like – if if anyone ever sees a pretty big guy with glasses and probably a phone in his hand standing next to me, um, that's Kuhn, and he's also doing like a like a really really good job. And without him, the website wouldn't be online because it's a it's a two man's project with the help of some uh, fixed care crit contributors as well. Um, but we're also looking into actually maybe opening a bike coffee place. In, uh, in Maastricht to have, a, you know, sort of headquarters. It's going to be, uh, like, also, you know, where the fixed gear crit sport will play a big role in pro cycling because we live, like, Maastricht is the area where a lot of pros live and where the Amsterdam Gold Race starts. And, yeah, I feel like combining, you know, the best of pro road cycling with the best of fixed gear crit racing is also a really good thing, and when a lot of, Pros hear about the sport; it can also help it. So yeah, that's uh, maybe the future step. But first, I need to uh, write my uh, master thesis uh, in June. Uh, it's due in June, so uh, and then uh, we're all gonna have more time.
0: What's getting you excited about this season?
1: Uh, first, thing <laughs> makes, what makes me excited is uh, riding my fixed gear bike again. Like I can't wait for the new titanium bike to come in and to just you know like test it and accelerate with it. And then obviously I have a special bond with Retrocrit Brooklyn because yeah, last year I honestly I was only racing, uh, not really only racing. Like I r- raced in the first and foremost because I really love riding my fixed gear bike and racing it. But I was also really Racing to help promote Fix Your Crit. and I also believe that um, you can only, well, not only, but it really helps. And I had the opportunity to be in the scene and also ride, you know, like in pretty okay positions. So with the with the with the top riders, um, to make sure that the voice on FixYourCrit.com is also representing the community. And then in Brooklyn, like. Yeah, David can tell you the story probably better than I did. But David was like nagging me all the time, like you're not gonna get, you're not gonna uh, get into the final, no way, because I I barely trained. I literally like it's in two weeks before Brooklyn, I didn't do anything. I was only working there in the office, like nine hours or twelve hours per day. And then the day before Red took, I did a run to the park. And then Gabe, the speaker, even told me like, you know, great, crit preparation. Like there's, you know, you're not gonna get anywhere tomorrow <laughs> so that so, so then race day happened and i just attacked from second lap and just won my heat solo uh which you know everyone was like astonished like what the hell's going on here <laughs> so, so that really motivated me to get back in shape because like obviously in the final i lacked the fitness to you know like recover and just keep going so i ended up like what thirty fourth or thirty third, like right behind kiki actually that's what i remember uh, but it did motivate me to just, you know, one season to race a lot of races in the Netherlands, a lot of road crits, because, yeah, that's the only way, unfortunately, at the moment you can get a really high level because there's just not enough high level uh, fixed gear races. Luckily, there's the NL crit series, so that already helps. Uh, and then a lot of road races. So I just, yeah, I'm stoked for, uh, for Brooklyn to happen and see if the I lost a bit of weight, took training a lot more serious and see if that uh, pays off.
0: That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? Uh,
1: I want to say hi to my mom, but she doesn't speak English. So, uh, um, no, (laughs) just no, just like like I think my main message is you know like I like everyone else in the sport really love it for not only the sport but for the whole experience that you have when riding a fixed gear bike. On top of that, for people you know coming together from all sorts of backgrounds and respect each other, you know, because especially in today's world, that's a pretty rare thing. And yeah, I just really hope this sport can, can keep growing and everyone that, you know, like I don't expect everyone to be on the same line or agree with me. And I totally respect that as long as, you know, everyone tries to be, uh, yeah, have positive, you know, try to work positive for the sports. Um, to give you yeah small example sorry i'm rambling on okay. like <laughs> as as fixed crit we just published the fixed gear um, the fixed crit gear guide we're going to publish it probably soon again and it's just a, like a small guide to help people that start fixed gear uh, fixed gear riding because they have no clue about gears you know they have no clue about what a 4814 is what um 51 is so we did a gear guide just to help people with their gear selection for their first races or training rides. And then it was so funny to see how many of the veterans from the community responded negatively like, no, you can't just select it. It's not that easy. Well, in the article, we actually mentioned this is just you know, a first step into selecting your gears. And you trial and error, and it really depends on personal preference, personal, like, how explosive you are to to which gear you should ride. But it was just really interesting that the first thing uh, some community members do is have a negative response instead of looking at the broader picture that, no, it's not for the top riders in the retrocrit final, but it's for those people that just come in and want to enter the sport. So, you know, I just hope people stay... You know, our sport is cool because everyone's so open minded. I hope people stay like that, open minded and welcoming.
0: Agreed. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, uh, fixyourcrit.com, you mean? They can find me there. They can find me on uh, my Instagram, Brian Magans. Um, yeah, I guess. And they can find me in Maastricht, probably hanging out in a coffee place.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you, too. And uh, yeah, awesome initiative and uh, keep it going.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Save the Track Bike. Uh, the music is from Vitamin Pets. The song is called Slag Girl. Uh, thank you to o Bike Shop. Thank you to... FixGearCrit.com. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Josh LeBure. All right, we'll see you next time.